Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 7, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, it's interesting because we have a lot of the same things that we had yesterday on the docket today, only some of them are more pronounced. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, we take a look at the first thing, or second thing, or even third thing, if there is such a thing, that jumps off the page at us on the daily chart. Remember, the market is always trying to tell us something. Our job is to interpret what the market is telling us. Sometimes we speak the exact same language, sometimes we're speaking slightly different dialect. As it stands now, on the daily chart, we remain extended far away from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. On this chart, it's the red trend line, and the red trend line is too far from price. Certainly, they can go higher, but traditionally, they're not going to get too far away from home base. When they do, home base needs to come up to price, or price needs to come back to home base, or a combination of both. Today, the market basically went sideways. So the SPY is up about 82 cents, but some of that came into the closing bell. It was more or less a flat day. They traded right around the flat line the majority of the day. Slightly below, slightly above. It's a day where they're basically eating time off the clock. Nothing more, nothing less. That's really all we can gain from the daily chart and today's activity. Similar to yesterday, the narrow range today was around a dollar and a half in the SPY. That's a total range in the S&P 500 of 15 points. That's a very quiet, narrow ranging day. It's a day where they've basically eat time off the clock. Yesterday, we took a look at the 240 minute chart. Again, we take a look at the same 240-minute chart, just forwarded a couple of candles from today's activity. Just to put it in perspective and kind of set the table, the closing candle of yesterday on this chart is right here where the cursor is. So there's two candles from today, two 240-minute candles, and all they've done is go sideways in a bull flag formation, period, full stop. So when some intraday traders are looking at something like this, which is a three-minute chart, this looks like big moves in the market intraday. But when you pan back and take a look at what really happened, you understand that all they're doing is eating time off the clock, building energy for the next leg higher. That's it. In doing so, they go down a little, they go up a little. They have some pullbacks, they try and rally, they get knocked back down. They're going sideways, that's the way it works. Here's a picture of the 120 minute chart. Does it look any different other than being stretched out from the 240 minute chart and the daily chart? And the answer is no. The daily chart has three candles up near the highs. The 240 minute chart has six candles around the highs since the gap up on Monday. And the 120 minute chart has about 12 candles. So you see what's going on here. They're coming into some important time periods. Time is more important than price. These are things that are taught and explained in detail in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. What about the hourly chart? 
even though it looks to be a little bit more movement than the other two charts because it's less compressed, it's a little more stretched out, but all in all, obviously, it's the same chart. All they're doing is eating time off the clock since Monday's gap higher. That's it. The reason why we look at chart after chart after chart is because sometimes one chart doesn't necessarily confirm what another chart is saying. Sometimes a 240 chart might be saying down and an hourly chart might be saying up or vice versa. So we want to know if there's any discrepancies on the chart. As it stands now, they're all doing the same thing. Can they all fail? Can it fail? Obviously, yeah, anything goes. But the duck says, and what's the duck? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, generally speaking, it's going to be a duck. The duck is they're building energy for another push higher. Where would they be going? Same routine. The next big fat round number is around 4,100 in the ES. The SPX, which is the cash index, same routine around 4,100. One of them will spike it, one will come up short. That's just the way it works. The SPY, right around 410. Again, they may come up a few points short or a few pennies short in the case of the SPY. They might spike it through by 20, 30, 40 cents, by four, eight, 10 points in the ES. Anything like that is the norm. The closer they get to the big fat round number, the more magnetic those numbers become. They're gonna draw price into them whether they're drawing price up or they're drawing price down, either way, it's a draw. Let's take a peek inside the numbers. We'll start with the commentary, we'll work our way up, we'll circle back to stocks on the move. It was hump day today. Wake up to another quiet overnight session where they're still simply eating time off the clock. You have to get the mindset of what's going on first thing in the morning. We're setting the stage, setting the table for the day. Early thoughts hanging around the same area in the same format discussed in last night's video. It's a bull flag pattern from the 240 perspective. Remember, they can still run some tests lower, but unless they get below Monday's low and that we discussed last night, they're still angling for higher, like the next big fat round number of ES4100, give or take. Again, setting the table early in the morning. It's easy to look at the market after the close and tell you what happened, but what we're doing here inside the numbers is setting the table for what the look is for the day, and then as the day unfolds, you're getting the tour guide routine, the tour guide treatment all day, every day. Let's roll up, see what else we have. As long as there's a point of reference, we have numbers, talking SPY. The same 405.25 area from yesterday is still important. This means they'll likely want to run a test at a bare minimum. Below that, not too far away, is 404.55, which is another spot. And below that is another spot at 404. Each has the ability to bounce the market back up in the other direction. Things are bunched up up here. Remember, 403.38 is the line in the sand and the gateway to opening the door for the gap left open from last week. That was the low of Monday. That's the line in the sand we're talking about. Now, on the flip side, you have to play umpire. We give both sides of the tape. On the flip side, opening the day above 406.28 is preferred by the bulls. Either way, staying above 405.50 on hourly closes is key to the current intraday short-term pattern for another leg higher, 
50. You know the routine, here's a five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. Just thought we'd note that 405.50 is the trend line you see here, low of day happened to be 405.45. Where did that come from, 405.50? It's right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. Let's move along, see what else we've got. 931, it's official, M-A-R-A does the deal for minimum required base hit and more. The rest is trader's choice. We'll get back to stocks on the move in a few moments. As for the SPY, they would like to get to and stay above 406.30, just floating around at present. Where's resistance on a continued push? Keep in mind, this is 940, around 407. Pushing above opens the door for more new highs. Okay, back to the chart. So we had the low identified, not that we knew it was gonna be the low of day before it happened, but we knew it was an important spot and we knew that they had to stay closing candles above 405.50 to keep the short-term trend intact. Okay, fair enough. That actually worked out. Talked about it early in the morning, it panned out. Now you go forward and you say, where's resistance? Well, up on the board just a few minutes into the trading day is what? 407. What happened when they got to or slightly short of by a few pennies? 407. What was the high of day over here? How about 406.96? There's your resistance. There's your support. There's your intraday range essentially identified before the day got even underway. Let's move along. See what else we've got. It was a very, very slow day. What I urge you to do is pause the video and read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work to see if this is valid and valuable information. They're eating time off the clock. This is at 10.15. The duck would be for another move higher. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. That's not necessarily technical analysis. That's duck analysis. Now we're putting up a chart of the 240 chart we talked about last night. Wanted to put up a reminder mid-morning today of where the market was. Get a sense for the big picture. I know a lot of traders watch one-minute charts, three-minute charts, all that stuff. I say they're too fast. I say they don't have enough data in them, these particular charts, the candles within those charts. However, that's why I put up other stuff so that you can get a broader sense, a broader picture of what's actually going on. And let's move it along. How about Playboy finally did the deal, 1027. We'll get to stocks on the move later. There's a story behind Playboy, P-L-B-Y. 1028, notice this one. The question is, are they going to break out now during the day or will the thieves in the night do it and produce a gap higher in the morning, leaving a lot of traders that wanted to play the upside for the run up to 4,100 or 410, they leave them standing at the altar. They do that all the time. Who is they? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, of course. And there you have it again. We don't know, but there will be resistance up around 407 that proved to be the case. The draw is 4100 in the general area. The closer they get, the more magnetic. Just repeating the things to remind everybody what's actually happening. It's like an alter ego in addition to a tour guide. Let's see what else we've got. A little bit of a pullback around lunchtime. Nothing really happened. If all they can muster on the downside is 405.45, not 405 and a quarter, remember we talked about that before, then that's bullish behavior. They're just eating time off the clock. 
refer back to the 240 minute chart. Now, here's a 120 minute chart, just bringing out another chart to confirm what one chart was saying. We see it on another, we see it on the hourly chart. It's all the duck and we're moving right along. As we move into the end of the day, time's running out on the clock, so you know the routine. Not gonna take a trade into the end of the day from an intraday trading perspective. You don't wanna get caught with your pants down. About stocks on the move, let's check out the chart of NTES, PLBY, MARA, and LI. Out of the five on the board today, four achieved and hit their price objectives or entry targets. NetEase did the deal. It never hit the second number. That would have been more convenient. The second number was at 100.22. The low here is 100.50. And then they had the rip higher. They did the deal any way you want to look at it, but it would have been a better deal had they filled the second price objective. Rocket ride from around the lower price, but not a rocket ride from the first entry, but a win nonetheless. Base hits put you in the hall of fame. It just takes time. Time is more important than price. About Playboy, it was moving in the pre-market. Not that much, it was not even close to where it is at $26. But when I saw it moving in the pre-market and I found a price, even though it wasn't close by and I didn't think they were gonna get there today, I had to put it up on the board. There's always a story with a stock like Playboy. What teenage boy didn't hide Playboy magazines under their bed, in their closet, in the underwear drawer, wherever it was. Everybody did. Therefore, it was on the board. So here's what happened. They came down and didn't again fill the second number, but they did the deal from the first number. Look where the high was over here. $27.15 from an entry of 26.08. By my math, it's about 4% over a dollar in a matter of minutes. You can see here that this was a zone of support. The second number was support. The first number was support. They rallied up to close above the first price by the end of the day. You can see the numbers were important. The numbers worked. These are the ones you want. The quick rocket rides early in the morning right out of the gate. So here's the situation with Mara. The closing price yesterday, 52.45. Stocks getting a haircut at the open. We identify the first price, 48.90. They come into it immediately, making a low of 48.57. Minutes later, the high is 51.17. Traders could have taken any amount they wanted in between the entry and that high. $2.27 rip from the entry in minutes. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. LI Auto, this one was a shitburger. First number didn't work. Yours truly was wrong in the selection of the first number. The second number kind of worked, but not really. It stopped short of the second number, melted away, creeped away. It was a wrong pair of numbers, shitburger, we move on. It's just the way it works. Not every trade's gonna work. We know that once in a while, we're gonna get the shitburgers. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly every single day. This way, there are no secrets you know exactly what you get inside the numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM today? So this is quite interesting. We always discuss that we take a look at the thing or things that jump off the page on the daily chart or any chart for that matter. So let's do the same with the IWM. 
We talked about this particular low here, 208.03. If in fact they give up that low on a closing basis, a daily close below, two days close below, it's good night, Irene. But there's other things at work here. So here we talked about the other day, a potential head and shoulders pattern developing. Here's a left shoulder, here's a head, and here's a right shoulder, and it's under development. So we don't know. Obviously, in order for this to work out, the right shoulder has to develop, it can't go like this, and then price has to get below, they usually rally back to do a back test, and then they collapse, or the whole pattern fails and they go up anyway. I'm not a big fan of head and shoulders patterns. More often they fail than work out. Another way to look at the current situation in the IWM is you have a high and you have a potential lower high if they continue lower yet. You also have this A, B, and potentially C. And since we're playing umpire calling balls and strikes, you also have another potential ABC. You have A, B, and C. Doesn't mean that you still don't get a higher low or a lower high. Sorry, if I said higher low before, I meant lower high. You see, there's a lot of different ways to look at the chart. When you watch somebody analyze a market, you're looking for information. But if that person doesn't give you the total picture and they say, well, here's what I see, and they give you one thing, what if they said, well, here's a head and shoulders pattern and it's gonna happen? You have it in your head that there's a head and shoulders pattern, but there's 14 other things going on. We don't know if the head and shoulders pattern's gonna work out. It's one of several possibilities. When we're an umpire calling balls and strikes, we have to look at all the possibilities we can find, and the way this really works is I lay them all out on the table. I rank them, one through whatever, best to worst, most likely to least likely. And you watch day after day how these things develop. Can we eliminate one because of the, what the market did today? Can we eliminate another one because what the market might do tomorrow? That's the way this works, at least for me. When we're watching the market on Thursday, what would be a warning sign if the IWM were to get below and begin closing hourly below around 218 I think that's a shot across the bow. I think that's a flare up in the air. What happens if they hit 218 and go back up north in a hurry? That's a bullish sign, and that would lend credence to the second ABC pattern that we cited. A is the rally up off that low, B would be a pullback, and C would be another leg higher that would complete officially above the high of the A leg. Where do I get some of this stuff? These and other things, a lot of other things, are taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. Being able to identify these kind of things are half the battle, and then knowing when they're off the table or when they're still on the table is another third of the battle, and then about 90% of the battle is knowing your numbers. I know that's more than 100%, but it's my formula. I can use any percentage I want. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So there was a pullback here, and by the way, now we have a pullback in the transports, we have a pullback in the IWM. IWM, as we know, is my favorite market leading indicator. The transports is the second favorite market leading indicator, first, canary in the coal mine. Now we don't have any canary type stuff going on in the transports, but they're both down on a day when the S&P 500 was up. That's interesting. We'll file it away informational purposes. Technically, 
There's nothing whatsoever wrong with the transport tape. We said that last night. We're saying it again because they didn't really get very far from where they were yesterday. It's a $14,700 or $800 index. We're talking 46 points. It's not a big deal. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What are they up to? Well, when I populate this chart, here's what I see. The first thing I saw, I see that gap. I see they filled the gap. I see there's been no rejection from the gap. They're running sideways around the gap. What does that tell you? It tells you they're building energy to run higher yet again. Where would they be going? Well, 335 or so, give or take, of course. If we get a goose in the markets into the end of the week, 335 to 336 and or potentially new highs in the queues are on the docket. By the way, as a side note, has anything changed from the bigger picture perspective? Are we still expecting the market to find a top, enter a corrective phase, and enter several weeks slash several months, couple of months of bear market corrective type activity? And the answer is absolutely. Nothing has changed. The only thing has changed is when that's gonna start and from what price. I'm aware that I get the dislikes, I get the bad comments under the video on that stuff, I get the nasty grams in the email. I'm okay with all that. I can delete the emails, I can ignore the comments, I have conviction in what I do, I've been doing this for a long time. They never make it easy, and keep this in mind. The market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. I'm no exception to the rule. If you've been around here for any length of time, you have a pretty good idea of what's gonna happen and how it's gonna unfold. This is not our first rodeo in a top or bottom scenario. What about the XLF, the financials? Do we see anything different in the financials? No, they're actually doing the same thing the Qs were doing near the highs. They're not at the highs, we have a tail high here. They're eating time off the clock, building energy for another push higher. Now, if that's broken and they start lower and they get below the 20 period moving average and this low here, this breakup candle low at 34, then that changes the story. But right now, the story is the former. Smash Mouth, pretty much a carbon copy of what we just discussed in the XLF. Doesn't look identical, but it looks pretty similar or close to the same. It's high on the chart, extended from home base, so maybe they have to come back toward home base or go sideways and let home base creep up to price, but in reality, they're pushing on the old highs, and if they goose the market over the next couple of days, it's all gonna get goosed. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.